0: Good evening, everyone. Let's read God's word together. We're going to be reading Genesis chapter 40. So, in the Bibles in front of you, that's page 44, and Genesis chapter 40, starting at verse 1. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they'd been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials, who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream, and he said to him, In my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph.
1: He forgot him. My name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Wish Pratington Church. Um, I'm going to pray and talk to our God. Father, thank you that, that, that you speak to us through your living word. We pray that you'd show us some wonderful things that would warm our hearts uh, and encourage us. Amen. I have a least favorite road sign. Um, it's a bit weird, I know. But And I bought it here to show you. Um, but whenever I see this road sign, I kind of turn into a weird animal. Like it, it makes me angry. It makes me like really tense and frustrated. It makes me sad. Like, like, this road sign ruins my... I'll ask my wife, Lizzie, my wife, she'll tell you. When I see this, oh, it's bad news. Here, here it is. Oh, horrible sign. Who else hates this sign? Yes, thank you. Uh, here's why, right? Because, because, see, I know where I'm going. I know my destination. But, but kind of <laughs> that sign appears. And suddenly I have no idea, like, like, like how long it's going to take, where I'm going to go. And it often feels, right, like you're moving further and further and further away from where you're supposed to be going. And, and, and it's the absolute worst when you've got your sat-nav there as well. Because the time on the sat-nav, 7.03. 726, 749, 8! It's like the, horrible. I hate that sign. Can't stand it. <laughs> oh, and and um, if you look at Joseph's life, right, it, it sort of feels, right, like he is kind of following these diversion signs because we kind of know his destination. In fact, from Genesis 37, we've known exactly where he's heading. He had these dreams where he was kind of um, exalted, like lifted up, kind of an authority. People bowing down to him. We know he's heading up there. And yet, it feels like he's been following this diversion of despair that's taking him further and further and further away from where he's supposed to be going, right? In fact, every week it's like, can he go any lower? Oh, yes, he can. Can he go? In fact, in case you missed it, I thought we'd kind of um, recap the Joseph story with a graph. Ooh. Thank you, Kathy. Um, so, so, so here's kind of Joseph's story um, um, so so we'll, we'll kind of run through things. Uh, it should be on the screen as well, hopefully. Maybe. Oh. Anyway, hopefully it'll be there. Um. <laughs> oh, there I am in a big blur. Okay, so Joseph, when we first meet him, he's 17 years old, um, kind of somewhere here. And he is the favoured son of his father. Wow, he even gets a fancy coat. Ooh, Joseph, you're looking good. Um, And then then he has these dreams, these really special, incredible dreams of him going really high up. But his brothers get really jealous. They kidnap him, and then they throw him into a pit. Horrible family. Leave him to die in the pit. Oh, but then then they go, actually, actually we can make some money off this guy. Let's get him out of the pit. Let's send him into slavery. So he comes out of the pit, into slavery. And in slavery, kind of, um, he kind of works for a man called Potiphar, um, who we heard about kind of last week. And, and there he works his way up through the ranks. There we go. Happy days. Second in command. Ooh. But again, last week we heard about Potiphar's wife, who, well, she lied about Joseph. She said that he'd raped her when he hadn't. Um, um, because of that Potiphar right, he kind of gets pretty angry and frustrated and, and annoyed and throws Joseph in prison and we're like, he's down here. But, but then again, kind of um, actually last week we, we saw that at the end of it, he was rising back up in prison to second in command there. In some ways, it feels a little bit like Joseph is kind of um, playing a game of whack-a-mole, you know, <laughs> kind of like, like every time he pops back up, bam, he gets knocked back down. He comes up, bam, gets knocked back down, like over and over again, you know. And if we think he can't go any lower, well, check out Genesis 40, verse 1. Things go downhill right from the off. Verse 1 says, Sometime later, so he's been in prison for a while at this point, the cupbearer and the baker and the candlestick making of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. So they're kind of criminals who are guilty of some pretty horrible crimes. And verse 3, Pharaoh puts them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. That's Potiphar, Joseph's kind of master. They're in his prison, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. That word confined kind of means chained and bound up. It's pretty horrendous in that prison. He's kind of suffering. Um, In Psalm 105, a kind of part history of God's people Israel, um, it says this about Joseph's suffering. It says, Joseph was sold as a slave They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. It's not a nice place in that pit. And did you see verse 4? The captain of the guard, that's Potiphar again, the guy who kind of thinks that Joseph tried to make some moves on his wife, assigned the cupbearer and the baker to Joseph and he attended them. It's almost like kind of Joseph, he knows he's rising back up the ranks and Potiphar's like, no, no, no. You're going back down again because he makes Joseph the slave, the servant of prisoners. You notice that down he goes again. And verse 15 kind of tells us um, Joseph's view on this whole of suffering. Verse 15 he says, "I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in this dungeon." He's in a real dark, low proper bottom of the pit thing and it's all unjust suffering he doesn't deserve to be in this darkness and we're like what in fact maybe we can kind of relate with Joseph um, unjust suffering maybe kind of we've experienced some of that yeah. uh, either from friends or kind of from family members or even at work and it's caused us like mental pain or, or actual like job pain and maybe we feel dark places too like that or, or maybe kind of, um, like Joseph, we thought our life was going up here. And actually, we're, we're kind of down here in a moment in a pretty dark place. Or maybe kind of we're just in a real dark place anyway, because it's January, the worst month of the year. Like, it's dark, it's cold, it's brutal out there, isn't it? Um, feeling pretty low and desperate. And it feels like kind of God is distant and far from us. I think Joseph, in this dark place... He shows us what faith looks like, what faith looks like in the darkness, and it's beautiful. Because we, we, we would expect this man, Joseph, to be a kind of bitter, twisted mess, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like kind of he's been betrayed by his brothers, by Potiphar, by Potiphar's wife, he's been lied about. He, he should be a kind, of, a kind of like fuming ball of anger, and, and but he's not. In fact, his faith sparkles. Let's kind of uh, see what goes on. Um, check out verse end of verse four. After they had been in custody for some time, so again, more time goes on, more time in prison in chains. Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker, of the king of Egypt, who were held in prison, had a dream that same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next day, he saw they were dejected. So, kind of like, these guys have some dreams. And then they're, like, really sad and down and broken about it. And we're like, wait, what? They're just dreams? Why are you sad about it? Why are you... Like... um, Well, partly, Egyptians had a big thing about dreams. Um, Kind of, in Egyptian culture, dreams were were quite a big deal. That They had specialist dream interpreters who were kind of trained in dream school to learn how to do dreams and understand dreams. In fact, this thing here is fascinating. This is the earliest dream manual we've got from 1350 BC. Ooh, thank you. Um, This is kind of like tells you your dream and what it means. So I thought we'd do some interaction, kind of see if we can work out uh, Egyptian dreams, whether they're good or bad, okay? So I've got three real dreams from that exact manuscript, and then if you think it's a good dream, thumbs up, bad dream, thumbs down. That makes sense? Yes, let's go. Here's a dream. You're there. big banquet table, plate in front of you. You look down and there's a green scaly leg of a crocodile and your fork goes into it. You start munching this crocodile. Eating crocodile, good dream or bad dream? Thumbs, let's see what we got. It's a good dream. Like eating crocodile, it it is a good dream. Apparently it means you're going to be a high up official in in like Egypt. Second one, in your dream, you look down at your feet and you've got Oh, hello, nice new white sandals that Laura's made, um, <laughs> special ones that look really fancy, like, whoa, good, bad dream, what do we think? White sandals, that's a bad dream. It means you're roaming the earth, kicked out of your house, horrible things. Okay, last one, you're there and you kind of can't breathe because you're being pushed on the water, you're like drowning and flapping around, good dream, bad dream, thumbs up, thumbs down. You think it's bad? But that's a good thing. Apparently it means kind of purification from evil. Like, if we struggle to interpret these dreams, can you imagine the cupbearer and the baker kind of in prison going, "What on earth do these mean?" No wonder they're like dejected and anxious and worried about these dreams. Wow. But kind of, did you see Joseph? Verse six. Oh, verse seven, sorry. Joseph asked various officials who were in custody with him in the master's house, why do you look so sad today? See, faith in dark places keeps on blessing people. You notice this. Joseph isn't looking at himself, curved on himself. He's looking at other people. He's got this beautiful empathy and this wonderful compassion. He asks them how they're doing. He notices when they're down. That's stunning, right? He kind, of, he kind of gets it that, that like, um, the diversions that God sends us on are opportunities to bless other people. Uh, and in some small way, he's kind of answering Genesis 12. Genesis 12, um, God made promises to, to Abraham, um, Joseph's kind of great-great-great-grandfather, and promised that through Abraham's family, the whole world will be blessed. That happens in a really small way through Joseph. It's stunning, isn't it? Like Every place Joseph goes to, he makes it better. <laughs> Just by him being there, he, at the places he would choose to be and the places he wouldn't choose to be, he makes them better by being there. That's amazing. And hey, I think that's what Christians were called to do as well. We're called to make the places we go better. So like tomorrow, when you're at work, doing that task that you normally kind of groan and like moan about the whole way through, how can you make that place better for everyone else around you? okay, I rooted, we're new at biology tomorrow. Biology is the worst lesson ever, isn't it? And you're sitting there, and normally you kind of like, like, like incite rebellion and all that kind of stuff. Um, how, how can you make it a better place to be for the teacher, for everyone else around you? See, faith in dark places, this is amazing. God can still use us in our darkness. In fact, in my worst moments, in my kind of lowest places, God's done the best things through me, I think faith in dark places, keeps on blessings. Joseph, Joseph goes to him and says, guys, what's going on? Are you okay? Verse eight. We both had dreams, they answered, but, but there's no one to interpret them. Uh-oh. Dreams. That word, oh, it must have kind of sent like a like a shiver up Joseph's spine, a kind of knot in his stomach, kind of like moment where he's like, what? Well, Dreams? I mean, think about it. Think about it. Dreams is what got him into the pit in the first place. It was because of those dreams there that he went down and down. Dreams started this whole collapse down. Like, dreams? (sighs) Someone mentioning that word, it's probably a bit like someone mentioning the word Birmingham to me and Lizzie. Um, (laughs) Lizzie and I went to Birmingham last um, summer, and and there were a few good bits about about a Birmingham trip, but, but most of it was terrible. And, like, we're scarred for life now by Birmingham. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Number one, it's a long way away. And, and, like, the journey took so much longer than expected. And we get there. No jokes. Diversion signs. And so it sends us into the city centre where I think we've got to pay a congestion charge. £12.50 later. Strike one for Birmingham. Strike two. Next day, Lizzie wakes up and she's caught covid No, the first time it's hit us. In Birmingham, not in Hove, not in Brighton. Birmingham, strike two. So so she starts going home. Strike three, we were there to watch cricket. Um, And I, as a loving husband, go to the cricket while Lizzie goes down south to to Hove. Um, (laughs) Not very good. Uh, But but kind of there's there's just enough rain that kind of the cricket isn't cancelled, but not enough rain to give you a refund. Strike three. And then strike four we see Stuart Broad, an English cricketer, bowl the worst over in cricket history. Birmingham. oh, And like, 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 like that word has an effect on us, makes us shiver. Like, um, and that's kind of like what you expect when the word dreams is mentioned around Joseph, right? But look at him. Verse 8. Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Guys, tell me your dreams. Hey, that Egyptian man-like dream document, you don't need that, that's a lot of rubbish. My God can give you the answers. And do you see how wonderful and beautiful that verse is? See, faith in dark places keeps on trusting. If Joseph had given up on dreams... If Joseph had given up on his God, there is no way he would offer to interpret their dreams or talk about his God in such a wonderful, glowing way. See, through all the diversion of despair, to took him down and down and down. Joseph kept on trusting. And by this point, it's been 11 years, 11 years since that first dream. That's a long time. And he keeps on Uh, And we might ask, well, how does he keep on trusting? How does he keep on going? Well, have a scan through the passage for me, Genesis 40. Um, Notice the number of times that that God's name is mentioned. Have a little look. I count just once. Once, in verse 8, from the mouth of Joseph. And this is not just... One time, one thing. Joseph is the one who's constantly talking about God throughout the whole narrative. When it goes silent on on God's presence and God's goodness, Joseph is the one bringing him up. There in chapter thirty-nine, verse nine, he's talking about God. There in chapter forty-one, we'll see next week, um, verse sixteen, God. Verse twenty-five, God. It's like Joseph has this habit of talking about God all the time. It's beautiful. Because like God is there, present with us in every situation, even in our darkness. But it's like Joseph is kind of talking the reality of God to his soul, reminding his soul, hey, God's here. God's here. And he's not moaning or groaning about God. He's talking about God's goodness and God's nearness. That is a wonderful thing to do when we're in those dark places. Remind our soul that God is there and God is good. Faith that keeps on trusting is beautiful. Um, And so verse 9, the chief cupbearer is like, well, I've got nothing else to do. I might as well tell you the dream. Um, And so he starts going through what what his dream is about. He he kind of um, talks about how kind of uh, there was this vine with three branches and lots of grapes on there and kind of I took my cup and put it under the, the, the grapes and some wine came out and I gave it to Pharaoh. What on earth does that mean, Joseph. Well, verse 12, the three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. Hey, but but, but when all goes well with you, remember me. Show me kindness, mention me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this prison. What a beautiful dream interpretation, right? That that guy must be buzzing like, oh, hello, this is good news. And notice again, there's faith right there. Do you see it in verse 14? He's like, when all goes well with you. It's not if all goes well with you, when. He's confident that kind of that dream, that interpretation is right and true and good and proper. Wow. And the baker over here is. He's like, oh yes, that that sounds really good. Let me on this action. Hey, Joseph, do me next. Do me, let me tell you my dream. So verse uh, verse 16, he tells him his dream, um, kind of, there were three baskets filled with bread, Pharaoh's bread, and there were some birds coming down eating the bread. Joseph, tell me some good news. Tell me some good stuff about my dream. Verse 18, this is what it means, Joseph said, the three baskets are three days within three days pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat your flesh (sighs) that's a bit of a mood killer isn't it for for the baker and um i think joseph here does something beautiful and something brilliant for christians to do he says hard things in love doesn't he um (laughs) He says difficult, he isn't kind of prettier up, doesn't lie to kind of make it more palatable for a baker friend, he tells it as it is. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do. In a culture whose morals and values are constantly changing, we're called to say the hard things in love. And so hey, KO guys, we're gonna say some difficult things to you guys as your leaders, but it's because we love you and care about you. Um, Christians say hard things. And the atmosphere in that jail must have been quite interesting over the next three days, right? <laughs> kind of counting down, oh, day one, getting more tense, kind of agitated, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Day two, and then, and then day three, verse 20. Now, the third day was, was Pharaoh's birthday. Happy birthday, Pharaoh. Um, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the baker in presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that he once again put his cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said in his interpretation. And um, there's a bit of interplay there with the word head, isn't it, because like both their heads are raised up, one raised and restored, one raised and impaled. But the key is that verse 22, just as Joseph had said in his interpretation. Um, Lizzie and I recently started Duolingo. Anyone use Duolingo? Yes, it is amazing. You can learn a new language so easily. And the best thing about Duolingo, right, I've found so far in my short tenure, um, like when you're there and you kind of interpret something and type it in on your keyboard, it makes the sound Ding, and you're like, oh, yes, I got it right, woo. And then you get some like gems that come in, oh, and you get some like, extra like, XP, it's called. Cool. it's like, whoa, I'm doing so well. And, and like, like, when you hear that sound, it's like, yes, I can interpret Spanish, I do know what I'm talking about, woo. And um, I, I kind of think that's a little bit like what this moment must be like for Joseph. Because up to this moment, he's had 11 years where he's had that dream of kind of being exalted and lifted up, and he has no idea if he's actually onto something that's true and right. But now, finally, finally, he's like, God, I do understand what you're saying to me. I do understand these dreams. I can interpret what you're saying. I, I get it. I just imagine that his faith must have kind of grown so much and joy, like so excited. Like, yes, I know what I'm doing. God's good. And hey, I think that's another little thing that, that, that God does when we're in those dark places. He drops little blessings for us to keep us going, remind us that he's there and he's good. And often we kind of are, are quite blinking and, and, and can't really see them. So, hey, look out for those moments. Look out for those beautiful things that God's doing He's our father who loves us and does bless us. Because at this point, Joseph must have had some hope too, thinking, oh, freedom is around the corner. It's not long now. The cupbearer is going to speak to the king, and I'll be out of here. Woo! Verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And chapter 41, verse 1 when two full years had passed. Again, we think he can't go any lower and down he goes again. And this is this kind of like last thing I wanna say, faith in dark places keeps on going even when the darkness doesn't seem to end. Joseph had two more years in that agonizing prison. Forgotten by people but not forgotten by God, as we're gonna kind of see over the next few weeks. And, and like, see, what Joseph kind of had in that prison, we can have two in our dark places, we can have faith. See, we can know that our God has not forgotten about us in our darkness, because Joseph's story, well, it reminds us of a different story. We look at Joseph and we think, man, no one would ever choose this diversion after diversion after diversion. No one would ever choose this suffering, this pain, this stepping down and down into pit after pit after prison. No one would ever choose that, would they? But as Christians, we know the greater Joseph, the Lord Jesus, who, who, who did choose that for his people, who did step down all the way from glory Philippians 2 is a great place to look actually to see his journey down. He goes down, down, becoming a servant. Ultimately dying on a cross between two criminals, a bit like our man Joseph. And as Jesus died on the cross, like there's a beautiful guarantee for his children. Those who trust in him, we are called his children, which is a fantastic and beautiful thing. And there's two wonderful promises for us in dark places. One, our God will not forget us. On the cross, Jesus died in the darkest of places, literal darkness, shouting out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? He was forgotten in that darkness so that we will know that we will never be forgotten as his people, as his children. Hold on to that. And the second beautiful truth Jesus' story didn't end in darkness. Three days later, sounds familiar. Um, Three days later, he rose again into beautiful, glorious light and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Jesus kind of rose from the grave so that we know no matter how dark and horrible this earth, this life does get, our story ends happily ever after. Our story ends in glory with him. In those dark places, look to the greater Joseph. And so like, I don't know what kind of you guys are going through or have gone through this past week or will this past week, this past year, or this next year. But um, have that faith in those dark places. You can bless other people. Keep trusting and holding on to God and, and keep on going. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful story of Joseph that echoes that greater story of the Lord Jesus the one who stepped down willingly for us out of love. Father, whatever dark place we might find ourselves in, please help us to keep on going and trusting and looking for those people you put in our path to bless. Thank you that we do know that you have not and will not forget your people. And we know that no matter how long darkness goes on this earth, we know that it ends in beautiful light and glory. Amen.